Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm and you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30 followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now for the best part, let's get into the word. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, It's a a great uh, honor and privilege to uh, be sharing the word of God with us today today morning. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, sir, Pastor Ruben, for uh, the opportunity. Uh, We bring you greetings from Apostle Grace Rebecca of Fanero Ministries. Uh, His love is, is with us. His heart is with us. His prayer is with us. He knows we are here. He knows what is taking place. We give God the glory for his life. Uh, thank you so much, uh, everyone who has tuned in. and us to pray. And then we can go into the word of God today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this precious moment. What a moment. What a moment. What a moment, Lord. We pray that in this very moment, you help us to receive what you have for us. You help us to receive what you have for us. We are hungry for what you give. Let it all be about you in this service, to the glory of your holy name. Magnify your word even today, the way you have done that before, even in a much greater glory. We bless you, Lord, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Uh, today, we are going to share something very important to our lives, uh, something that is uh, worth hearing, something that is uh, worth your attention, something that is worth your attention. Uh, and so get ready, get ready to be blessed. Get ready to be refreshed by the power and the glory of God. I hope I am uh, very clear. I hope my voice is very clear. In case it's not, I'll be checking on the chat section. You are clear. You are clear, sir. You are clear. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, I want to share with us this morning on knowing the God you're dealing with. Knowing the God you're dealing with. Knowing the God you're dealing with. Now, that's a very important thing. Knowing the God you are dealing with. Your knowledge of God or knowledge about God is important because uh, Without an understanding of this God, you cannot enjoy your journey of salvation. 
the journey of salvation is more enjoyable when you know this God of this salvation. And God wishes that uh, you have a specific knowledge about him so that you are not frustrated about God. There are many people who are frustrated with this God. They have many questions concerning this God. Many questions. The people who say, the day I meet God, <laughs> the day I meet God, I have this and this and this question. Yeah, which is okay. But if you knew this God, it would probably reduce your questions. It would probably reduce your questions. So I want us to go straight into the word of God and look at certain verses. Uh, we'll go to the book of Job. Book of Job. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. Chapter. Um, okay. Chapter 22, verse 21. <laughs> Praise God. Job chapter 22, verse, verse 21. And he says, in the King James Version, he says, Acquaint now yourself with him and be at peace. Acquaint now yourself with him and be at peace says, thereby shall come good unto you. Thereby shall come good unto you. Acquaint yourself now with him. And then it says, thereby good shall come unto you. You see that? Your being acquainted with this God, he says, shall introduce you to a place of peace shall introduce you to the place of peace, acquaint, get to know this God. Get to know this God and his operation and his way of doing things. And he says, when you get to know this God, you will be at peace. And then he said, and thereby shall good come unto you. Good does not come to troubled people. Good comes to peaceful people. He says, You'll be at peace, then good shall come. You'll be at peace, then good shall come. <laughs> You'll be at peace, then good. Good doesn't come when you're still confused. You see, good doesn't come when you still have questions. Good comes when you have been established in peace. Which peace is brought about by your acquaintance with God? You have come to know your God. The Bible says, they that know their God. They, they, maybe let's look at also that scripture, book of Daniel. Book of Daniel. Thank you, Lord. That is verse Daniel 11.32. Daniel 11.32 says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong, okay, and do exploits. Those that know their God shall be strong. You see that? They shall do exploits. This strength here is spiritual strength. When you get to know God, it is not uh, this kind of, this ordinary knowledge. When you get to know God, you receive a, a strength. You see that? 
He says, they shall be strong. You receive a strength to do exploits. So the first verse we read, we saw that being acquainted with God brings peace. But also in this verse, we are seeing that knowing that this kind of God, it brings strength. <laughs> it brings strength. People who are not spiritually strong, they don't know their God. They don't know their God. And he said, when they become strong, they shall do exploits. You see, when you're still young in the things of the spirit, you call on God to do exploits for you. But when he grows you, you become the one to do the exploits. You become the one to do the exploits. God wants you to get to a place where you are the one doing exploits. Yourself, you. Not expecting, when you're a child, you're expecting exploits from God. For God to do mighty things in your life. <laughs> Say, God, please do a mighty thing in my life. And God is saying, yeah, I want you to start doing mighty things. Yeah, I've done many mighty things already in your life, but it's now, it's now your time. It's now your chance. Me, I've done. I've saved you. I've done everything for you. I've, I've, I've settled you in Christ Jesus. Now, it is your turn to begin doing mighty things. But these mighty things are going to come from your knowledge of me. You get to know me, then you receive a strength to do exploits. You see that? The first level is when good should come to you. And he says, for good to come to you, he says, be acquainted with God and you will receive peace. Get to know this God and you will receive peace. And when you receive peace, good will come to you. Good will come to you because you are at peace. Good things know how to come. It, they know how to read you before they come. If you are not a peaceful person, good things want to be in a peaceful environment. <laughs> the, 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 the money you want uh, doesn't want to come when you're still uh, uh, confused. You see, it wants to come and you know, enjoy a, an environment that is free of confusion. <laughs> because money also does not want to be spent on confusion. You see, money, money is a servant. And it, it, it wants to come under a Lord who is not confused. Who is not confused. Money has emotions. According to scriptures, money has emotions. The Bible says in the book of James, let me show you the emotions of money. If you didn't know, money, can, money also has emotions. Let me show you. One of the emotions of money. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Glory to God. Money has emotions. Glory to God. <laughs> so you're not the only one with emotion. Money also has emotions. Okay. Okay. Okay, thank you, Lord. Uh, this verse here has disappeared. This verse has disappeared. Praise God. Verses can disappear. Uh, okay. This James chapter 5, I think. James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verse 4. Okay, James 5 verse 4, he says, Behold the hire 
of the laborers who have ripped down your fields, which is kept back by fraud, crieth. <laughs> the hire of the laborers who you have ripped, who have ripped down your fields. He says, he's talking to a man who uses people to do his work and then he fails to pay those workers. He says, now the money that he's supposed to give those people, he says, it is crying. <laughs> money begins to cry because it was meant to, 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 to pay those who worked. Because that's how money functions. It was supposed to, to change hands from you to those who worked for you. It was supposed to change hands, but it has not changed hands. So because it has not changed hands, it begins to cry. So there are people right now who have crying money. Their money is crying. <laughs> because it is not doing what it is supposed to do. You see, the money entered their hands. It was supposed to change hands from the time when uh, the people worked in their field. You were supposed to pay them. That was supposed to be the flow. For it to flow from them, to flow from them to the workers. But it didn't flow to the workers. So it begins to cry. Now, crying is an emotion. Money is emotional. Money is emotional. So it doesn't know how to come in a troubled environment. So he says, God, God also understanding how these things behave. He says, now, receive peace so that good can come to you. When good wants to come, it first wants to know whether you're in a good condition. Are you at peace? <laughs> Do you know your God? Do you know your God? There are things which are yours, but they are waiting for you to have a certain kind of knowledge of God, and then they start coming. <laughs> they also know they belong to you, but they will not begin the journey until you have known your God. They are yours. They, are, they also know they are yours. The way this money knows, it, is, it belongs to the other laborers. <laughs> this money knows it belongs to the other laborers and should go to those laborers. It knows where it should be going. That's why it's crying. You see that? So there's right now, uh, your, your things know, they know you, and they want to come to you. But he says, for them to come to you, there has to be a peace that comes from your being acquainted with God. You're knowing your God very well. Hallelujah. This God you're dealing with, do you know him? If you are to enter any deal with anybody, knowing whoever you're going to deal with is very important. If you're entering any deal with anybody, it, it is important to know that person very well. That's why when you want to get a loan from a bank, they ask you of your relatives. They begin to ask you about your relatives. And you are like, what, what, what do my relatives have to do with me getting money in this bank? <laughs> you want a loan from the bank, but they're asking you to give them names of relatives, not just names, but also numbers. <laughs> then they, they, they want to know also whether you have, you, have, you have any relationship with any other bank so that they can uh, use the relationship you have with that bank to also give you. If you, have, if you don't have any experience of, with any bank, they have a problem trusting you. They have a problem trusting you. They, have a problem. they want to first know you because they want to deal with you. You see? So if you have this God that you are supposed to deal with, do you know him? Because most of the frustrations of believers comes from their ignorance of this God. It comes from their ignorance of this God. 
For example, he says, when you, when you are acquainted with God, he says, good shall come to you, which means there are some good things which have not yet come to the, some believer because of him not being at peace. You see, because of him not having a certain knowledge of God, there are things that are not happening. You, you are busy testifying of what is happening, but there is what is not happening because of what you don't know. There are things that should be happening which are greater than what you're seeing. You also have a witness in your spirit that, no, this, what I'm seeing right now is not what is, is not what should be. What I'm seeing right now is not what should be. I'm supposed to be in a greater place. I'm supposed to be in a better place. Why am I not in a better place? And God is saying, get acquainted with me. There's, there's good that, that wants to come. It wants to come. But there's a, a level of knowledge you must acquire the knowledge of God, knowing this God. Praise God. Now, let me, let's read another verse. Very important. In the book of uh, Hebrews. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Okay? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Then he says, for he that comes to God must believe that he is. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. Now he's giving you information about God and he's saying, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Already, already that is information about this God that you need to know. That without faith, it is impossible to please him. Just because the one who comes to God has to come with faith. This God is approached by faith. You see, he's approached by faith. Not by emotion. God is not approached by emotion. He understands emotion. He feels what you feel. When you cry, it touches him. But he's not moved to act by how he feels. Because even him, he doesn't act by how he feels. He acts on his own word. He acts on his word. Now, your, for him, his part is to release the word. Your part is to believe the word. For him, he releases the word, you believe the word. Then he acts on that faith in the word he gave you. You see that? He acts on the, on the faith of the word he gave you, the faith you have in that word. He releases the word, you believe that word. And then that word creates faith in you, and then God rides on that faith to do what you believe. Praise God. To do what you believe, which is his word. You see that? So he's a, he's a faith God. He's not, he does not respond by emotion. He feels. The Bible says, let's look at that, uh, I think it's chapter, the next chapter. 
Um, it's just the next chapter. That was chapter six. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. The chapter four, let's go to chapter four, verse 16. Maybe from verse 15, let's read from verse 15. Verse 15, he says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We, we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The, our high priest is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. You see that? So he's touched. He's touched, but he's not moved. <laughs> he's touched, which means when, when, when you are in any kind of pain, he's touched. He's touched. He's touched. He feels it. He feels it. When you cry, he feels it. He says, oh, 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 oh. But he, even if he says 1,000, oh, 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 he will not move. <laughs> he feels, he says, we have not the high priest who is not be touched with the feeling. He feels it. He says, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. So he's touched when you're tempted. He's touched when you are going through tempting things. He's touched when, 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 th when there are trials. He's touched. He says, wow, wow. I get, I get what you're saying. Every time you're praying and you're crying, he says, I understand I understand what you're saying because I was also one once in that body. I, I, I was in that body. I know how that body feels. I know how you feel when you are in a physical body. I know what it means to go through such a thing in a physical body. I was, I, I was, I, I came in the flesh as Jesus Christ. I was in the flesh. I felt those things. I remember very well also when I was going through things that look like the things you are going through. Huh? Even me, I was in a hard place the way you are also in that. I feel you, I feel what you're saying. What I, I, I feel what you're saying. I see these tears, I understand these tears. I know where these tears are coming from. I made the tear glance. <laughs> I know, I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. Every time you cry, I feel it. Okay. Now, verse 16 says, let us therefore come. It says, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. You see that? He feels it, but he says, come. He is on the throne. He feels what is bringing you pain. He feels it. <laughs> he feels it. But then he says, now, come. The part of come, he can't come for you. It, the part of coming is you. for him he understands what you're going through it says now you come it says come boldly and when you come boldly come to obtain come to obtain don't come to just talk to him because if you still talk to even if you come and talk to him he will still continue feeling what you're feeling you see you're just transferring feelings from yourself to him in your prayer he's saying after we have prayed please obtain <laughs> don't just because people they love talking to God. They don't they don't know anything about obtaining, obtaining, obtaining. <laughs> oh hallelujah. Do you know how to obtain? Hmm. The word obtain in that verse is lambano. It's the word lambano. It says 
come and lambano. I feel what you're feeling and I have the provision for what you're asking, but it is something that you should lambano, lambano, obtain. To lambano means to take, to take. When you come, don't get, don't go without, uh, yeah. when you come, please take, please take. But remember he was telling us that he that comes should come with faith. He that comes to him should come with faith. And then here now he's saying, come with boldness. Come with boldness. Come with boldness. How do you come with boldness? How come he's saying, come with boldness? There's an invitation. So the kind of God you're dealing with has the feelings, but he does not move by those feelings. He's not moved by those feelings. So it's important to know what moves God. And he has already told us one of the things. He says, faith. He's moved by faith. He's touched by feelings, moved by faith. Touched by feelings, moved by faith. Touched by feelings, moved by faith. You can feel how you want to feel, but until you have faith, until you have faith, God is not moving. <laughs> Even if you sing a song that says, move God, in the Nyakura song, it tells God to move. I think it is, it's, actually, it's also in Uganda. Tambura, tambura, yesu. Tambura, tupura. And he's also saying, you want me to move? Any faith? Any faith? I move. I go after my word. I go after my word to perform it. I go after my word. If there's no word in your heart, I have nothing to go after. <laughs> if, if there's no word, if there's no word in your heart that you have believed, I go after my word. 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 Do you have my word in you? I go after that word. So if there's no word in you, then I have nothing to follow in you. Because I, me, I, I, I follow the word to perform it. I follow the word to perform it. You see that? So there has to be the word of God in you that builds faith. And then your faith will move God. Your feelings will touch God, but they will not move God. A touch to God will not move. It, it, because of how he felt about what we go through, he sent his son, Jesus Christ. You see that? So he has done everything he needs to do already concerning you. Everything concerning you, he has finished. But he understands if you are not enjoying it. It's because you, you have not yet known, you're not yet related with this God so well until you begin to obtain the very things that belong to you. They are waiting for you to come boldly to the throne of grace. Praise God. Now, there are four things here, which I will share very fast. Four things about this God that are some of the major ones that you need to know about God, to be acquainted with this God. Four things. Four things that you need to have at the back of your mind while you're dealing with this God. You see, four things that you need to have at the back of your mind when you are dealing with this God. But already maybe there are now five because we have seen that he's a faith God. That's one of the things you need to know. He's a faith God. He's not, uh, he does not act by emotion. He feels, but he does not move by feelings. He doesn't move by feelings. He's moved by faith. He's moved by faith. He's moved by faith. Praise God. We can't discuss that. 
we cannot have other side discussions about, about, apart from that. It has to be faith. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And James also said that the man who is, who is not uh, decided in his heart, says a double-minded man, because the lack of faith is to be double-minded. When you're double-minded, you have no faith. If you have plan B, if you're a person of plan B, there's no faith in you. The people who have been so weakened by plan B, plan B, they have been so weakened, they always have options. Options have weakened their faith. Do you know options can weaken your faith? Options can weaken. People have too many options. They say, oh God, if you don't do it, I'll, I'll have a way. I'll have a way. So they pray and they have, they have plan B. So plan B, that, that other option has weakened their faith. You see? That's why people with, people with uh, money don't pray. It's, it's an it's indiscipline. It's indiscipline because they have money. So they don't even seek God's mind about what they should do with the money. They have already have the money, so they move and do what they want to do. You see? And so their faith is in money. Their boldness is in money. You see that? It's an indiscipline. It's an indiscipline. It's an indiscipline. So these are the four things that I want us to, to know about this God that are very important. Number one, he is a living God. He is a living God. That's number one. He's a living God. He's called the living God. The living God. The Bible says that in the beginning, that's the book of John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And that word is called the living word. The living word. So God is his word. God is his word. And that one is easy to understand because even you, you are your words. You are also your words. If we want to know who you are, we listen, we listen to you. If we listen to you properly, we will know who you are. You are you also your word. So God is his word. God is his word. He is his word. And his word is living. Okay, so in that same book, Hebrews, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, let's look at this verse in the book of Hebrews. Um, chapter 4. I believe verse 12. Hey, that's where we are. Yeah. Same chapter, verse 12. He says, For the word of God is quick. That word quick is that it is alive. The word of God is living. Maybe let's read it from uh, Amplified Version. Okay. Yes. In Amplified, he says, for the word of God that the, for the word that God speaks is alive. The word that God speaks is alive. It's alive. And then it says, and full of power. It is alive and full of power. The word of God is alive. It lives. He's a living God. A living God. He's a living God. He's the living word. He's the living word. And the journey of maturity is that you will move from having an encounter with the written word 
to having an encounter with the living word. When you study the written word, it will introduce you to the living God. There is a living God. That living God is the living word. You move from having the word in letter form to the word in life form. The, when the word has life, some people have the word of God, which is in letter form. And the Bible says the letter kills. Now, when it says the letter, it doesn't just mean the law. Yes, the law kills. We know that. But even this very word, if you have it in later form, it also can kill you. <laughs> and in another day to teach you about that. If you have the word of God in later form, whereby it's just letters, <laughs> you are going, this, this, thing, this thing can kill. This thing can kill. To have the word of God in later form, whereby you're just reading letters, you just look at letters for the word of God, that the word, of, the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Then you read it in letters. That alone can kill you. You don't, if the word of God is in a letter form in you, 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 you are, you are you're not doing well, you're not doing well, you're not doing well. It, you have to shift, you have to shift from having the word of God as letters to the word of God being spirit. Since they said the letter kills, but the spirit. So there's the letter, there's the letter nature of the word, but there's the spirit nature of the word. The letter will kill you, but the spirit of the word is what gives life. It's not the letter of the word. Because see, some people quote the letters. Say, you say in your word, then they quote the letters. You see? Because you are quoting to God his word. I know it's a good discipline in prayer to say, oh Lord, you said this and this and this. And God is saying, okay, when I said that, for you, what did you understand? Because you are, you are quoting it back to me. Me, I know that first. I'm the one who put it in the Bible, but you bring it back to me. Me, I really read it. It is my word. I gave it to you. It is you to have a relationship with that word. Now you are quoting it back to me. Lord, you said this. Yes, I said it. When, when I said it, you, how did you respond? How did you understand what I said? Because you are quoting to me what I quoted to you. Me, I don't need this verse you're quoting to me. It, it, me, I gave you the verse. <laughs> I gave you the verse, you are bringing the, the, the verse back to me. But me, I, I want to know what you understand with what I said. I'm not interested in you bringing back my verses. <laughs> Uh, they are my verses. Why do you bring back my verses? I gave you the verses. You, you, did you understand the verses? I want to know whether you understood the verses because you, I see you quoting them back to me. I said, yes, I'm not denying what I said, but did you understand? Did you move from the letters that you read in the Bible to the spirit of what I was communicating? Did you get, did you, did you encounter the spirit of those letters? Ah, Kazatala Makeshabaya. Are you relating with just letters A, B, C, D, E, F, G of the word or the spirit? Because the letter will kill you. If you have this word of God in letter form, it will not help you. At least if it didn't kill you, it will not help you. I know the killing part, but that one needs another service where, where the word which should give you life is killing. Because it says the word of God is a sword. It's a sword. If you don't know, if you don't know how to handle this sword, it can finish you. It's interesting. This word of God, it can kill. The Bible says there are people who took holy communion, holy communion, holy communion, and it says they are dying. Yet it is holy. <laughs> they took the communion is called holy. They holy. It is, they took holy communion. Paul talked about them. He says these guys take holy communion and they die. <laughs> this many are weak, sick, and they are dying. Why? Because of taking holy. The communion is holy, but they are dying because of holy communion. So these holy scriptures can kill a man. If he stays in the late past, 
He has to, you have to move to the spirit, to the living word. You have to now encounter that. The word God is alive. You have to encounter that living word, that living God. You see that? And that means you have to devote to the word of God. That means you have to take care of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. That means you have to give time to the Spirit of God to grow you in the Word. In the Word. In your study of the Word. If you don't know how to study the Word, at least come back to such messages and release it. And let the messages help you study the Word. Say, but me, the problem with me, I don't know how to study the Word. With all the Word of God that is available to you, when you can re-listen re to the message and let the message teach you how to study because right now we are moving into the scriptures. We are looking at the scriptures. When you come back to the same, this method and you re-listen, you will, you will be studying. You will be studying. You will be studying. And then by that study, you will move from letters to the spirit. From letters to the spirit. You encounter the living God. You encounter the living God. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Such so as stop taking Holy Communion without knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so Nabal is a living God. But the, now, this is the beauty of that, that first point. He's a living God, but he's not just a living God, an existing God. You see? He's not just existing or just living. That Amplified tells us he is living and active. He's living and active. He's not living and passive. He is living and active in your life. He is living and active in your life. There are things God is doing for you that you don't know. Because now for you, you are blaming him for what he's not doing. Say, oh, God is not doing this for me. He's not doing that. But then you are not noticing what he is doing. You're not noticing what he's doing. He's doing a lot of things. Matter of fact, uh, let's do a flashback. The time when you were born, he ordained the nurses to work on you. He ordained the doctors who should work on you. He removed all those careless nurses, careless doctors away from you, from you, from your mother, and your mother delivered safely. He delivered you safely. The circumstances of your birth, God was there for you to ensure that you have you are successfully transitioned from the womb to the earth. God was there. Yeah, I don't know how many uh, uh, Thanksgiving offerings you have given him just for that. Before you complain of what's happening in your life, you might have missed to have a life if he was not there on day one. So the God who has been there on day one, even today, he's living and he's still active. Living and still active and still doing things. Still do, even when you're not watching, those, even when you're not seeing those things, for him he does. You know, he doesn't first wait for you to see what he's doing for him to do. He's doing. There are many things he's doing. Even to connect you to this message today is part of God's moves in your life, it's part of what God is doing in your life. For you to hear what you're hearing, it's part of what God is doing, okay? He is living and he's active. <laughs> he's living and he's active, praise God. So that's, that's, that's number one. But I was saying the beauty with that point is that he's not just living, he's not just a living God existing somewhere, he is living in you. <laughs> that's the good news that the living God lives in you the living God lives in you the living God lives in you he lives in you so when you are trying to know this God don't, don't know this God outside you he's already in you get to know the God who lives in you get to know the God who lives in you and you, you become aware that this God is with me it is something you need to know about this God he is not an absent God he is a present God Jehovah Shammah the God who is present, is present. 
but not just present in your house, he's present in you. So he is the living God living within you. So that's number one, you note that. Number two, he's not just the living God. Number two, he's a loving God. <laughs> he's the living God that loves you. He's the living God that loves you. He loves you. And if you're going to deal with God, then you need to know that he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he cares for you. He says, for he cares for you. The Bible says, for he cares for you. Uh, he loves you and he cares for you. He cares for you. Let me show you something here in the book of Jeremiah. <clears throat> in the book of Jeremiah, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Here we are. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. He says, The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. Oh, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Human love has an expired date, not God's love. Human love has an expired date. It expires. Man can actually love you. Men can actually genuinely love you, but they don't have the capacity to love you to the end. No man has the capacity in himself to love you to the end. God says, as for me, I have loved you. Praise God. As for me, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. My love has no expiry. I love you. I care for you. Now, when you say God loves you, Hallelujah. When you say God loves you, it is not something you don't know. You know. I know I'm talking to people who know that God loves them. But it is not as obvious as you, you think to you. Have you woken up to this love? Because you can casually know that God, is, God loves you. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. Mm. <laughs> you don't know yet. <laughs> he loves you. And he is interested in you. He is interested in you. He believes in you. Okay, Jesus. Matter of fact, matter of fact he thinks about you. <laughs> he loves you. And he wants you to know that he loves you. You see? You, you are looking for his love in things. You're looking mm -hmm. for his love in things. You say, if God loves me, where is this and that? How come mm -hmm. he has not given me this and that thing? If he loves me, why did he allow this and this to happen? If God loves me. Now, when you have things like, if God loves me, if, 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 I need to help you. That language of if is mostly the language of Satan. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness oh. to be tempted. And when he reached there, 
the first word there was if you are the son of god <laughs> if you are, if you be the son of god turn these stones into bread so if you have a lot of if if god loves me if 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 if, god, if what god says is true if what god says is true then how come i am like this that is a weird, means you are in a wilderness and you are having a conversation with satan you see satan is, you, you are in the if zone <laughs> it's called the if zone if zone is in the that that zone is in the wilderness now in that kind of wilderness if you have your ifs then you should have it is written on your lips. Jesus kept saying, it is written. It is written. <laughs> it is written. If you don't have the word of God on your lips and you are full of ifs, how are you going to overcome that kind of wilderness? We will find mm. you eating stones. <laughs> wow. Jesus was picked to eat stones. <laughs> if he responded to that if, he was about to eat a stone, calling it a bread. <laughs> Your unanswered ifs might end up with you eating stones. You have to have the word of God to be confirmed in your heart that God loves you. Otherwise, you will not survive, will not survive the devil's if. Because the devil is full of if, 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 if God has said this, if God really loves you, if God, if God, he puts questions on God, he keeps putting questions on God, he keeps putting questions on God. Now, if you don't have the word of God, you will eat stones, brother and sister. You will find yourself eating stones, calling them bread. It is the if zone. The if zone. You can only mm. come out of the if zone if you have it is written. It is written. Hallelujah. It is written. You cannot survive it is written. Even the devil can't survive it. If you keep giving him it, is written, he will. <laughs> Jesus was saying to the devil, go and read the Bible. Go and read the Bible. Go and read the Bible. He told the devil, go and read the Bible. <laughs> God loves me. If you, if you doubt whether God loves me, go and read the Bible. Satan. Father, go and read the Bible. God loves me. It is written that he has loved me with an everlasting love. Everlasting. Which means it is not subject to you. You're changing. It is unchanging love. You, you can change, but his love cannot change. Glory to Jesus. He, he is called the unchanging changer. He can, <laughs> he can change situations, but for him, he doesn't change. Praise God. Praise God. So he loves you. He wants you to know that. Don't deal with him looking for his love in things. No, his love is not in what he does for you. No, his love is not in what he does for you. No, mm. what he does for you is just proof, but it is not the love. He wants you to know that he loves you. Then you ha- you begin to talk about things. You have to go in a field looking for God's love. Oh, let me see my children and see whether God loves me. Let me see my finances to see whether God loves me. No, know that God loves you. Your family will be okay. Know that God loves you. Your family will be okay. Understand that He loves you. Meanwhile, God is not going to prove to you that He loves you. Forget it. Forget him, but God is going to prove that He loves you. He already did it. He already did it when he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. There is nothing greater than that. If you don't understand that proof, there is no proof, other proof coming. <laughs> no, more proof. <laughs> no more proof is coming. He loves you. If you have not understood the cross, God is not going to give you higher proof. There's no higher proof. He sent his son to die for you. I understand that. 
Let me show you something. Let me show you something. But normally time is time does not like customization. Time does not like customization. The moment time sees me preaching, it runs. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I don't know why time doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this one. Hmm. Okay. John chapter 15, verse 13. John 15, verse 13. John 15, 13. He says, he says, greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Let's get in easier version. Let's get in easier version. NIV. It says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Okay, that's an IP. Let's try another one here. Uh, Message. Message says, this is the very best way to love. (laughs) Put your life on the line for your friends. It says, putting your your life on the line for your friends is the best way to love. Now, putting your life on the line is what God has already done. He gave his son to put his life on the line. So, Jesus to give his life, that is the greatest love. Don't look for more love. Mm. <laughs> because, mm. because the rent has not come, rent money has not come, God doesn't love you. No, Jesus came. Rent has not come, but Jesus came. If you don't understand that, Jesus, rent will still not come. Mm. The money you want will not come if you have not understood that Jesus came. <laughs> mm. What you want to come can only come based on your understanding of the God that already came. Jesus has already mm. come. Have you understood what he did for you? If you haven't understood what he did for you, even if he does anything or more, you will not understand. Yeah. If you haven't understood what he has already done, <laughs> if you haven't understood what he has already done, even if he does more, you will still not understand. So he is a loving God and he greater love, there's no greater love than a, someone dying for you. You, you are crying, where was God when you lost that person? Say, so, oh, why did he die? Why did she die? You have spent years on who died. Oh, they died. Oh, they died. But whoever died, died for themselves. You are not thinking about the one who died for you. You are thinking about those who died for themselves. There's one who died for you, who you should think about more. Who you should think about more. Not, not you capitalizing on who died. Oh, God, where were you? Wait, I grew up without my parents. Oh, that is not important to God. He died for you, and there's no greater love, there's no greater proof than the cross of Jesus Christ. He has already mm. proved it. He need now you to believe and move in that confidence that this man, if he died on the cross, there's nothing more he can do. Then you move in that boldness and approach life like that, knowing that God loves you and He has loved you with the best love. Message says that this is the best love. <laughs> there's no other love. This is the best. It's the best. He has already proved. So don't ask God to prove His love. Lord, prove that you love me. He has already proved understand the cross is a loving God and he has already loved you the best way. Praise God. So he's a a Mm -hmm. loving God. Then the other one is he is a giving God. He's a giving God. He's a giving God. He's a giving God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. For God so loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave. You see, he's a giver. He's a giver. He gives and he loves to give. You see, he loves to give. Let's look at the verse here. 
uh, in the book of James. I, I really hope this message is helping somebody. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good to hear you, Mama. Amen. Praise amen. God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5. James, chapter 1, verse 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. God that gives to all men. He gives to all men. I says when he does it, he, give, he does it liberally. Let's, let's read Amplified. Let's amplify this verse. Verse 5 says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. <laughs> See that? Let him ask of the giving God. So if you had a version of a stingy God, delete it. <laughs> delete that kind of... <laughs> <laughs> that, version does not, that, that kind of version doesn't exist. This is, we're talking about the, the living God, loving God, giving God. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> he's a giver. He's a giver. So the, the stingy God you think about is not there. <laughs> that's another, that's an Indian God. The, the true God is a giving <laughs> God. This, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. He says, look at this. He says, who gives? Who gives? To everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, which means when he's giving, he does not grudge in his heart. Say, This master says, I'm giving, look at how he's behaving. That's not God. God does not look at your behavior for him to give you. It is man mm. who acts like that, who sees how you behave. And then they say, I, was, I used to give you 50, then I'm going to give you 20 because of how you behave. That's not mm-hmm. God. He's not moved by how you're acting. His love is independent of you. You can be how you want to be. But for him, he loves. Nothing you do can change his love for you. It's not there. It's not there. His love can't change. His love cannot change. He might be moved that you are the way you are. It's his touch that you are the way you are, and he seeks to change you, but he's not changed in his love for you because you are the way you are. No. So he's, he says he's a giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly. Look at what he says next is without reproaching or fault finding. He gives without fault finding. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. He says he's a God who gives that finding. In other words, when he's going to give to you, then first find out, uh-huh, what did you do? Uh, did you walk right this week? Did you not tell? Did you not? Did you not tell lies this week? Uh, let me see whether you not did not tell a lie. That's not God. His love is so pure; he does not look at your wrongs when he's want, when he wants to give you. So he wants you again to know when you are approaching him. What is it? He's not a refusing to give God. He's giving God. That's why he he, he told us ask. Ask, why would why would a mean God ask you to, to tell you to ask? If he was mean, why would can a mean person tell you to ask? <laughs> can a mean man say ask? It, it has to be a giving person for to tell him, but don't be free. You ask. That's a giving person. So he's a giving God. But number one, because of time, because I see I have only like three minutes. The the last one. He's a God of principle. Glory to Jesus. That's the last one. He's a God of principle. He's a, the living God. He's loving. He's giving. But he's a principled God. Hmm. Which means he will not do how you want him to do. 
He has his principles. <laughs> he has his principles. He's a giving God. But why have you not received some things? There are principles. <laughs> yeah. He's a principled God. He is so principled. Let's go back to that verse. John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave them billions of money. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he removed their debts. That's not the construction. For God so loved the world that he sorted their family. No. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Hey, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. <sighs> we might ask, why didn't God just forgive us? And say, for God so loved the world that he forgave the world. He says, guys, I've forgiven you. <laughs> I think I'm no longer angry, guys. I'm, uh, I forgive all of you. Why didn't he just forgive us like that? He had to send his son. Why? Because he's a God of principle. He's a God who believes in seed and harvest. So he sowed his son and harvested. Pastor Masa, Glory to Jesus. And harvested. Uh, you are his harvest. His harvest because of the principle of seed and harvest. He's a God mm. of principle. He told his son. So mm. he's so principled that his principles costed him his own son. Hmm. <laughs> mm. So principled that it costed him the son. Mm. Hmm. Even Jesus said, Father, let this cup pass. He said, I'm a principled God. This cup will not pass. When that cup will not pass. <laughs> when God tells you to do something, when God tells you to do something, don't ask for the cup to pass. Mm. If He tells you to give, to be a giver, because He's a giver, if He tells you to give, that cup will not pass. If He tells you in your marriage, submit or love, that cup will not pass. You have yeah. to submit, you have to love. That, don't, don't ask for some cups to pass. Some people, that, some people, when you play the movie of their life, cups have been passed. <laughs> cups are, <laughs> cups keep passing. Jesus Christ. The, the, the things God has told you, cups are not going to pass. If mm. he has told you to do what to do, Allah, in as much as he loves you, he knows how you feel, he's not going to move out of his own principles to do things your way. He will he, he, he said, I am the way. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. I'm the way. I'm the principle. I am the principle. I'm the way. If you have your, if you, if you ignore this way, you have to create your own roots, your own roots. And the reason as to why any man is suffering is suffering because you are suffering because of your small, small roots that you create. Small roots, you are avoiding the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Avoiding the way. If you keep avoiding the way, you have to create others, other small, small roots. Which are very frustrating. So he's a principled God. Understand the principles of God. Mm-hmm. Understand the principles of God. Let's read the verse quickly. Ah, uh, before we read the verse, time, time has proved to me that it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't like me. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's just read one verse here. Genesis. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Okay. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Genesis 1, 11. I'm reading King James Version. 
And he says, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. As God, I don't want to keep planting trees. I want to create one tree and put its seed in itself. God doesn't want to keep coming in your life doing things. He gives you the seed of what he wants to happen in your life. When you pray for your marriage, he gives you a seed. The Bible says the seed is the word. The word is the seed. He gives you a word for your marriage. When you get that word for your marriage, that word for the marriage is his seed. It is carrying a harvest for your marriage. If you ignore the seed of marriage, the word of marriage, you have ignored the, an entire harvest for your marriage. So you can't keep confusing yourself praying for your marriage and you're not responding to the word he has given you concerning the marriage. If he has given you a word for your finances, he has given you a seed for your finances. If you, do, if you ignore that seed for your finances, you have ignored the whole harvest of finance. Hallelujah. So this is how I want to finish. God is calling for a meeting. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's calling for a meeting, a very special meeting with you. Amen. Because we have been asking him about his love. We've been asking him whether he loves you. So now he's saying, now we, we need to have a meeting. And until that meeting happens, some things are not going to happen. He's calling for a meeting. Mm -hmm. He's calling for a meeting. Because the God you're dealing with is a meeting God also. It's going to be a meeting that you may be acquainted with, with him, know him, and then discuss about this love, discuss about this life, discuss about these principles. In that meeting, these principles are going to be discussed to the glory of his name. Hallelujah. Mm Thank you so much for listening to this sermon, and I know you've been blessed. For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website www.shiloh.org.uk And don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time, 